Welcome to the Stories to Love podcast, the podcast where I fangirl over creators and find out all about their inspiration in hopes to boost our own inspiration. I am your host, Tiff Marcello, an inspiration seeker and your resident fangirl. Hi, this is Tiff of the Stories to Love podcast, and this is episode 49. My guest today is author Sandra Block. Sandra A. Block graduated from college at Harvard, then returned to her native land of Buffalo, New York for medical training and never left. She is a practicing neurologist and proud Sabres fan and lives at home with her husband, two children, and impetuous yellow lab. Her work has been published in the Washington Post. Little Black Lies is her debut, a finalist in the International Thriller Awards, and The Girl Without a Name and The Secret Room are the other books in the Zoe Goldman series and what happened that night, her standalone. Girl Overboard is her first young adult thriller. In this episode, we discussed pitching Girl Overboard, and we also talked about closed-door mysteries, cruise ships, choosing her next project, and her day job as a neurologist. I appreciate all you who have subscribed. If you haven't, please do, and leave a rating when you can. If you'd like to support this podcast, please support the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Tiff Marcello. My Patreon is where I'm adding more content in the form of newsletters and extra episodes, or you can grab a book for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. And here we go to my in-conversation with Sandra Block. Hi, this is Tiff of the Stories to Love podcast, and here with me today is Sandra Block. Hi, Sandra. Hello. I'm so happy to have Sandra on. She and I are both tall poppy writers. And then not only that, this book that we're going to be talking about today, which is called Girl Overboard, is is published through Underlined, which makes Sandra and I actually editor, or not editor, publisher sisters as well. So Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us more about Girl Overboard. What is it about? Well, it's about Izzy, who is a 15-year-old girl stuck on a cruise ship with her parents, doesn't want to be there. She wants to be home with her boyfriend, Luke, which is like her new boyfriend. And despite herself, she starts having fun. She makes friends with this really cool girl named Jade who she feels like at home would never have like paid attention to her for a second. So she's becoming friends, having more fun than she anticipated. And then one day Jade goes missing. And that's where the real story begins. What happened to Jade? And Izzy is bound and determined to find out no matter what. Yeah. I What I love about underlined and the word count, right? It's 60,000 words. So for all of you out there, that's what, 250 pages, maybe? It It is fast moving. The thriller is a fast moving genre itself. But then you make it 60,000 words, which is what this what Girl Overboard is. And I just flew through the pages. I mean, it just clipped by it was 
amazing and I was enthralled. I just kept turning the pages. Oh, so, thank you. I didn't yeah. even know I didn't even know you read it. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. I always read all the books. <laughs> I think it's important, right? That podcast yes. people read the books. But so what is the inspiration of this book then? When did you decide to write this book? Well, I have never written YA, as you know. So really how this came up was kind of just serendipity. The My agent wrote me an email, do you have any YA thriller ideas? And then she wrote like, if you don't, don't worry about it. So I thought, well, no. I mean, the answer was no, I don't have any. So of course I said, yes, I've got five YA thriller ideas. And I wrote down some. And the cruise one, I almost didn't even put on there because I thought, oh, they're going to think this is so cheesy. (laughs) But I went for it anyway. And of course, 10 minutes later, she's like, they love the cruise one. So can you write 20 pages as quick as you can? So that's absolutely not how I work. I like to, you know, have my chin in my, my hand and think deeply about things. But I decided go for it. And Izzy kind of started speaking to me pretty quickly. So I had a voice. So I just let her talk for like 20 pages. And they, a couple days later, you know, said, yep, let's make this deal happen, which is, you know, that doesn't usually happen that way, at least not for me. So I was very excited. And that's kind of how it all came to be. Yeah, the cruise ship idea just really enthralls me. I am not a if we're talking about the setting first, right? I've never been on a cruise. I am not a swimmer. So I think maybe this is why it scares me a little bit more than maybe somebody who's a great swimmer out there in the ocean. As a romance reader, I always think of things in tropes. So I liken the cruise ship to like a just one bed trope where, you know, these characters are in the situation where they have to, there's internal conflict within it. So have you been on a cruise? And did you like, obviously, this is a, a closed mystery, right? Or a closed door mystery. So there is, you know, there's a little bit of fear in there. Did you do you have a natural fear of cruises or oceans or anything of that sort? No, I'm embarrassingly fond of cruises. (laughs) So I have had, you know, a lot of the time when I see people's little mini reviews or whatever, I know you don't supposed to read the reviews, but just looking a little people are like, Oh, I've always been freaked out by cruise ships. So I think that is kind of a common theme. But no, I do enjoy cruises. And the idea of the closed door mystery, actually, I didn't even really intend to write that. It just sort of happened that, you know, yes, there's only so many people that it could be because you're on in a closed room, in a sense, which is the cruise ship. So it just sort of happened that way, but it worked. So yeah. And then Izzy makes a really great protagonist, right? Because, you know, she's curious, and she's in this place where she's like, she wants to get out of there. So and then she ends up befriending this girl that goes missing. And she's also feeling a little bit protective over this person. So but there's also like an unreliable narrator in there as well. Was that was she difficult to write? You said her voice came fairly early. Was it difficult for you to tease her all the way through? Or did That's she remain? Yeah. Yeah, she you know, the only thing I think that was difficult for me was just trying to be sure that I was writing like a fifteen year old throughout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I 
basically aired on the side of just feeling it and writing it the way I felt it and thinking to myself, well, if the editor thinks this is something that they really wouldn't do or say, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to go with that. Cause I really didn't want to edit her too much yeah. when, when writing it. So that was my only real issue with her voice. I think it pretty much stuck throughout but it's interesting you think unreliable like what what did you see that made you say that yeah because she had her because she had her own secrets right Right, so as soon as I knew that she had secrets I'm like okay what is she really trying to hide and so my brain automatically went to okay what is she hiding and what is she capable of hiding right 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 yes so I I, so it, it it made it really fun because in this whole cruise ship, you're right, you know, there's only, no one could come in from the outside. Like, so it had to be somebody in there. So it was really neat. I'm very, I'm horrible at the, at the game, the board game Clue. I'm horrible at those things. Maybe this is why I love to read, you know, thrillers and mysteries, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so fun for me. Because I normally never know, right? Who is figuring out who I'm like oh right yeah. of course on page 33 97 and whatever yeah. they was clearly written out there but yeah yeah no I I think lost my train of thought there so that's okay <laughs> now now let me ask you this so you had four adult thrillers and then this project came to you and it's you know I'm glad that you took it does that change your thought process and like what you want to write in the future so are you approaching things now where you're like okay these are my adult things adult works that I think I want to write and now these are my YA you know yes and in a really weird way it's more confusing because I have two different projects that I'm sort of fleshing out and Mm -hmm. For the one of them that I'm writing, I just kept switching to myself, like, should this be YA or should this be more like new adult? And it's really a matter of like four or five years between them. And yet those four or five years, you really develop. So things that you might believe a 16-year-old would would jive on and and be maybe vulnerable to you wouldn't really believe a 20 year old would be would be vulnerable to so it's it's interesting that dynamic and that almost like tension and Mm -hmm. i almost i started writing two versions of it oh wow yes i know i mean it's insane but the one that felt more natural to me was the ya for this specific one so if someone said to me you know what we would really love to publish this but it would have to be new adult i think i could i think i could change it so it would fit that way because i think it could really work either way but i'm going with what felt the most natural even if that may not be strategically the best idea i don't know i don't know what you know would sell better my ya or my other i don't actually I am one of those weird authors, I guess. I don't look at my Amazon page. I don't look at any of that because I feel like I don't have control over it. So why torture myself with it? You know, so I don't really know what's selling better. I mean, I kind of have an idea, but so I'm not sure from that standpoint, but I, I think I'm open to both genre, I guess not genres, but open to both Categories. categories now. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing the freedom that 
that it opens up. So what I, you know, my, my first books were romance. And then I, I wrote contemporary fiction after that. And it kind of blew my mind that like, oh, my gosh, there are stories that can cross over. Obviously, when it comes time for publication, editors and, pub, you know, your, your agent and you, you you're going to have to make a decision, right? But I think that in the writing of it, there is the freedom of like exploring where it would fit in those whatever in those different categories or genres or whatnot. So I, it's kind of a neat thing. Yes, yes. And I remember what I was going to say about Izzy, too, oh, yes. and the whole novel and part of that is you have the idiotic adults, right? You have these grown-ups who just don't believe her, don't listen. And yeah. it seems plausible because, you know, who listens to a 16-year-old? They just, oh, they're overdramatic. They're, yeah. you know, of course, this is what happened. It's not what you think. So that was kind of fun, too. And yeah. then the whole idea of YA being on a cruise ship because, you don't have to worry about like the parents taking them places or why would they be hanging out so long with these people unattended because you yeah. do that on a cruise ship. It's your yeah. sort of mini taste of independence. And so it kind of worked as a vehicle for YA in that way as well. Yeah. Well, I totally understand what you mean because we just came from, back from vacation and it was a resort. So not as closed, I guess, but with my 17 and 19 year old, as long as my younger one was with one of them, I was like, just go. You guys know what's safe, like come back. I have your cell phones and call me if you need me or whatnot. So it it worked for me where it's like they were off on their own because yeah. And especially like in Disney cruises and things like that, from what my friends tell me, they let their younger ones even go. Right, little... like the guppies in, you know, yeah. in, the, in the novel, yes. You can tell I've been on a few. <laughs> Although, it'll be a while till you get yeah, to your new one, or do you I have one planned? No, no, I'm not that brave. Not <laughs> I just had a COVID, friend. Yeah. yeah, I just had a friend come back from a cruise, and I, I think they had, like, tested right before, and but you just never know, right, because it's just things happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not worth it to me. So yeah, someday, someday we'll be back, but not yet. So you are writing all these books. We talk about writing a lot in the, on the podcast. And we pretend like this is all we do. But it's really not like all of us have other things going on in our lives. You are a neurologist. How long have you been an a neurologist. Well, let's see. I got out of residency when I was 28 years old. So that's yeah. like 2020, 2001, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. My gosh. So when did you start writing or were you always writing? And when did you move over to the side? Okay, I'm going to spend the very little amount of time I have to write a book seriously. So I sometimes will give a talk and I will start the talk by saying, you know, I always wanted to be a writer, so I became a neurologist. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's really been with me for a long time. You know, yeah. I remember writing poetry and not really knowing that's what it was when I was in first, second mm. grade. And, you know, when I got to college, I was an English major, but I did pre-med. So I was sort of hedging my bets. And I, you know, one summer I was writing for the Buffalo News while I was 
working at the Buffalo News. They didn't, you know, they didn't let you write too much at that time. But and I was also shadowing a psychiatrist because I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And I ended up neurology, which is a better fit. But I guess the short answer is, you know, I've always known. And when I was in my 20s, yeah, late 20s, I wrote a novel in my residency. And it's kind of funny because the big it was called Scalpel, right? And the big premise of the novel was that there's this anesthesiologist and he was really selling drugs in a clinic. And oh my gosh, right? So mm-hmm. now that's like a Tuesday in Florida, right? Every <laughs> That's not that exciting. But back then, that seemed like a really big deal. And I tried to get an agent and I got zero offers. Mm-hmm. I got a couple nice phone calls, which was you know, encouraging, but zero offers. So I kind of went home, took my ball and went home for like 20 years. (laughs) And then when I was about 40, I just, you know, I was in this yoga class and I was, there's a sign in the yoga class. I don't do yoga anymore because I managed to injure myself, which is pretty amazing, right? Doing yoga. I don't know. But it was a sign that said, it was from Bikram Yoga. It was like, Mm -hmm. You're never too old. You're never too sick. You're never too tired to start from scratch and, and start again. And it really struck me that it hit a lot of the excuses that I was using. And yeah. that's when I decided to really be serious and try this again. And that's when I did. That's amazing. I'm from a healthcare background. So I was yeah. an army nurse and registered nurse. And I always say that there's so many things that I learned from nursing school and from dealing with patients and just the rigor of these shifts, because I was a hospital nurse, bedside nurse, that transferred over into becoming an author, because I became an author at 41. So are there things that you've learned, like in your medical side that you think has been really crucial for you in your author side of your life? Well, I think, you know, on one level, I say that I, you know, wasn't a writer through then, but I think authors, all authors are writers, actually, because you're writing notes every day about patients, Mm -hmm. and you're using their quotes, and you're coming up with, you know, your judgments, hopefully they're not you know, they're, they're grounded in medicine, but when you're seeing people, you're cataloging their lives, like women, people, you know, you you see them 10 years ago as a woman and 10 years later, they're a man and they've lost and gained 100 pounds. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen with your characters, right. your patients. And I think definitely I've gleaned some funny stories, some expressions and things like that, that I've sprinkled into books as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is my first, Girl Overboard is my first book that I've read of yours. So your four other books, are they all medical surrounded? Is is there anything medical in there that you feel like because you had mentioned about, you know, there's some funny stories? Yes, there's so many experiences I've had, right? As Shrove, you had dealing with people and their lives and all this stuff. Right, right. And I, I have taken some of those like anecdotes or like emotions and like transferred them over to my book. So your four other thriller novels, do they are they medical? Related so at all? my Zoe Goldman series, which is a trilogy, she's a practicing, well, she's a resident in psychiatry. Mm. So, and she's got ADHD. So her, mm-hmm. 
her, you know, narrative and frame of mind is kind of all over the place. And you have to talk about unreliable narrator. You're, you know, some, someone said, sometimes I just want to like slap her. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes <laughs> I want to slap her too. But so yes, it's steeped in medicine in that way. I think the setting is medical. It's not a medical thriller in the sense of, you know, the what occurs and transpires the whole mystery itself is not really medical but you know there's a lot involved there standalone it it, it has medicine in it because most worlds have medicine that you know she sees a psychiatrist herself but she's not a she's not in the medical world uh, she's a paralegal so yeah and what are you up to you said you're working on something right now can you say anything about it at all or not yet is it yeah no it's it's a or setting or yeah. yeah the setting is buffalo well it's yeah. she's from buffalo but they go to this sort of vrbo is that how you said yeah VRO. oh my gosh okay in syracuse <laughs> yeah. and the girl alex is the one it's these she's a protagonist she's like a true crime junkie so her two friends take her for her 16th birthday to this surprise place which is actually a haunted vrbo where they a setting the setting of where a murder took place 15 years ago so you know then she i guess i should i'll I'll end it there but you know yes it's it's a it's a spooky setting for what for a spooky for what happens, which isn't something very spooky that happens. Yeah, well, you know, I, that's something we also do a lot is like Airbnbs and <laughs> VRPOs. And I always say, like walking into a, a house, I'm like, mm-hmm. what have what have these walls seen? That's because true. it is. And there was one time we actually were in Buffalo where we had we had rented an Airbnb and we walked in and all of the paintings they were original art but they were of people and it just like freaked me out a little bit right because yeah, they're just looking right. at you and then there was like a locked door that we could not get into and to me that felt very like okay what is behind this lock? Right, is there like, a body in there, right? Yeah, it, or yes. can they come out and we can't come in, right? Because it was like it locked the whole other half of the house. And I was like, what is what is going on? I, it, you know, and, obvi- and obviously we had fun and everything. And so it quelled some of my initial fears. But as somebody with a wild imagination, right. I like, this is, what is going on? That is okay. funny, yeah. I know. So what are you what are you reading these days? What books do you recommend? Well, I'm I just finished Chevy Stevens. Let me look it up again. Dark Roads. I love her. I think she's just she's she makes it seem easy. You know, yeah. you you read and it's and it's always quick reading but it's it's intense and you just you just feel for the protagonist and so i really enjoy all of her books and i got this one right away when when it came out and then the one i've read before that which i liked which is not a thriller is called the admissions by meg mitchell moore and it just it's one of the first books i've read in a while where i just 
felt almost like I wanted to cry. It was so, yeah. you know, it was so good. It was so touching and the the family, what the family goes through and I could just relate. And so yeah. that that's the other one that I really enjoyed. Oh, that's so great. You know, I love that you said like with the first recommendation that it just, she makes it seem so easy. I love reading authors like that. It's so seamless. I feel like the storytelling is seamless and it makes you want to believe everything that they're saying, right? It could be oh, yeah. wild and I would totally believe it. Christina Lauren is is one of those authors for me. She writes romance. They write romance because they're a dual author, romance and contemporary fiction. And it's from the from page one, you fall right in. Yeah, it's right. such it's amazing. It's amazing to me. You know, it's just and, immersive, right? Yeah, yeah. So I always ask all of my guests that are on the show, what makes you go? Like, what are the things that you do that help you stay on track? You are you're a busy woman. You have your neurology practice and all of this. So what what do you do to keep on track with your writing and with your writing goals? I guess. Well, you know, I've gone in and out with that. I. I don't strictly use word counts because I find that you can write 750 words that are really not very good. I mean, yes, you 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 assume your first draft isn't going to be final and you're not going to hit print. I mean, you're you know it, it's going to take a lot of editing anyway, and you want to get something down. But at the same time, it makes more pressure on myself, and I so I tend to end up writing about between 500 and 800 words anyway. So I sort of don't keep a strong track on that. And that helps me a little bit take the pressure off. I also, you know, I walk. Usually it's just walking the dog, but I find that really relaxing. I meditate a little bit in the morning and that helps clear my mind a little bit too. I think it's been really hard. I mean, this whole year has been hard, I think, on anyone. Well, the last few years, but specifically everything going on politically, it's just been yeah. very difficult and it's hard to keep my brain from going all over, but I'm doing my best. I think we're all doing our best and just letting yourself have, you know, being kind to yourself, I think is important. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It is, it is, I feel like it's that transition, right? So in the beginning of the the pandemic, when all of that began, like the actual lockdown, it was like taking care of yourself, right? Keeping everybody safe as much as you can. And I feel like now with this, you know, this tremendous timeline that we've had to endure and then all this political stuff that's even happened in the last, I mean, over, it's been forever, but, you know, intensely in, in the last, last month, let's say, in the last yes. month. I, I have just been saying exactly what you said, like just, you know, it's almost like giving yourself grace, like it's it's all right to sit here and just read for a little bit because right. you are thinking about everything and making action plans and and, you know, talking to people and all this stuff. You were naturally doing that because it's so everything is acute, you know, yes, um, yes, but to to scale back somehow in, you know, in like these increments of time, even if it's just a handful and just be like, okay, let me just breathe for a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me just go take a shower and take another 10 minutes in my shower. Right. So, 
Yeah. Well, my gosh, the 30 minutes went by so quickly. Thank you so much, Sandra, for joining me here. Oh, today. thanks for it's having so me. Fun. It was really fun. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see what your next project is and whether oh, the announcement, you. you know, like I'll, I'll I'm going to be like wondering what the announcement will be at the very, very end. I'm so excited for you. But thank you, everyone, for joining us here at the Stories to Love podcast. And we'll see you again. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiff Marcello, at the Stories to Love podcast. You can follow me through my website and newsletter at tiffmarcello.com and social media under Tiff Marcello and Stories to Love podcast. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating, spreading the word, and by checking out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Tiff Marcello. I'll see you again.